Uh, welcome back, Gameaholics, to a brand new episode of the Gameaholic podcast. We are still going strong for Borderlands August. We are at probably my favorite game in the series, in the franchise so far, and we're going to be talking all about the, I would say, you know, um, game-changing Borderlands 2. So I have I played Borderlands 2 when it kind of first came out. Um, I got super into it, and I replayed it last year kind of during the whole initial covid outbreak i replayed the entire series um colin however has never played it before borderlands 2 uh this is his first time kind of diving into it uh colin i'm gonna kind of throw it right into you here what are your initial thoughts on this versus what you saw when you played through uh borderlands 1 um yeah so like this game I thought was a lot better, a lot more smoother. Obviously, they had, I think, two two years in between or three years in between. And it's even nicer because I have the, obviously, I got the Handsome Jack edition. So, I actually got the the newer, like, revamped, like, kind of, like, um, cleaner version of the game because they obviously added certain things, like, automatic pickup when you, like, run over, like, loot and things like that. So, it was kind of, like, easier. Um also looks they changed the graphics a little bit and like it looked like more crisp so it looked a lot more appealing compared to the xbox one version or the xbox 360 version of the borderlands one which i bought and uh yeah it also had like actual dialogue which i really enjoyed because you know like in the first one like like i said like you'd have like two lines for each character and they'd say the same thing after that it's like okay this is really stupid like there wasn't like a lot of like story in my opinion and this one did have a lot of a story. Not saying it was a great story, but it was still a story compared to the first one. Um, but the characters were really interesting. Like Handsome Jack was like kind of funny. Um, Claptrap actually had a lot more um, like lines, and he was pretty funny calling you like minion and stuff like that. So um, I remember when you like, first yeah, see I mean, him. In, yeah, I, like I remember the first time you see him in Sanctuary, and he like he's like gives you his mission. It's like do this and then do this, and it's like <laughs> on the screen, it's like the screen's like exploding like with these like like on the side like things to do like to finish this mission and he makes it like super hard and you're like am i actually gonna do this and all of a sudden like just turn around you find his like secret stash that (laughs) that he said you had to go find and it's like right in front of you and you're like okay and then just you helped me reach sanctuary minion and for that you deserve a reward i have a secret stash hidden very very far away from where i currently am in order to find it, you will have to perform a series of devious challenges. First, collect a few brown rocks for me. Then, defeat a badass skag. Then, pilfer the lost staff of Mount Schuler. Then, you shall bring me the head of the Destroyer of Worlds. And then, you shall dance for my enjoyment. <laughs> oh. Crap! It, uh, looks like the hiding space for my super secret stash just fell apart, leaving it completely exposed. So, congratulations! You successfully subverted my meticulously planned challenges. Why don't you go check out the stash? So I thought that was kind of funny. Like, he actually has um a better personality than just saying, like, in the first one, like, I'm dancing. I'm dancing, like, every two seconds. So, like, that was kind of yeah. nice. Um, so, yeah, and also... Um, the new featured characters were a lot better. I thought like, I thought there was a lot more options. Um, and I think I was zero the assassin, which was really cool. Like he, obviously I like, I like playing more of a stealthy role of a game. So even though it's kind of hard to be a stealthy player in borderland, I feel like the enemies see you really easily, but 
from distance, like be able to snipe them. It was really, I really enjoyed it. So yeah, there was a lot more options in that sense. And um, even just the other uh, NPC, like non-playable characters that obviously have a big role in the game, like, like Dr. Zed, Marcus, you know, Mad Moxie, Crazy Earl, like they all like actually had lines of dialogue. So just everything around it, like kind of just made it better in that sense. So compared to one, it was like, it was a total different, like, like a 180, like so much better. No. Yeah. So I, I completely agree. I think, um, I, if, if anybody listened to our last podcast, um, if you haven't absolutely check it out because we did kind of talk, um, initial borderlands and then what they did right and what they did wrong. But one of the things that we had said that they had done wrong was they didn't give any care, any, personality to the playable characters right so you know lilith brick mordecai and roland they were just sort of like placeholders um which going into borderlands 2 they all play such iconic roles in two and three that it's crazy that they built kind of these hollow character models into actual likable interesting characters right so one of the most interesting ones um, was, you know, and I, I, I'm sure you probably thought this mission was pretty t- cool too, Colin, was um, when you find out that Lilith was the Firehawk. Yeah, no, I I, um, I really enjoyed that. Again, I didn't, again, it, it's funny because like, yeah, it was cool. They made those characters um, come back on significant roles, but like they also, I had no like real like tie to them in the first game. Mm-hmm. so you know, i wasn't like super like excited but like also it was like oh that's neat like they're doing this and they actually and, like, had like really good lines i thought like roland and lilith i liked lilith a lot as a character so yeah it was it was um that was a really cool mission actually i enjoyed playing that one yeah and, and you know what i mean like yeah seeing these characters who had no again personal or no personalities at all seeing them actually take on personalities of their own um, and actually seeing like it, it, it makes sense though because even though in the first game if you play as Roland or if you s- look at Roland like you can kind of tell he's like the good guy of the group and then when in the second game obviously he's the leader of the resistance he's like a you know a fair strong leader who cares about his people and all that kind of stuff and then you see Lilith who's kind of like nuts and she has all those psychos that are worshiping her uh, which going through kind of that whole psycho camp, that's all praising the Firehawk and stuff like that. It was so cool to me. Like I thought that that was so much fun. Um, but just kind of seeing Lilith as being like this kind of dark, evil, whatever, not evil, but like she's not as good or like as close to the what point as Roland is. And then, you know, you f- end up finding Mordecai, who's like a drunk piece of shit at this point because his um, Bloodwing got captured. And then you have to kill Bloodwing, which was like insanely sad. Like they, they actually add some emotion to this game. Whereas like you said, um, remember I asked you in, in Borderlands one, I said, when TK Baja dies, did you feel anything? And you're like, no, not at all. Mm -hmm. However, like, for example, what did you think when Roland gets killed? Like, it's actually a pretty emotional moment. Like they, they do it well. Yeah, no, they do it really well. Um, it, again it's like it's not like i was super like invested in the character but like it was still um super like interesting how they actually played that kind of those roles now like if obviously they because it, it makes sense like the whole point of the game was like handsome jack is like trying to get into these vaults and he hates he hates every like vault hunter and wants to kill them all and like obviously like roll and lilith brick and mordecai were all vault hunters at one point so it's like it made sense like why these like 
these hits are happening, why he's trying to take down Sanctuary, why he hates you. Um, so it, that's why I mean, like there's actually layers to this story compared to, compared to one where it's like, go kill this guy. And the mission's done. And it's like, oh, and then like they have that one generic line where, um, who was the guy you just said? Like TK Baja. Like he's yeah. like, he used to always be like, come by anytime and like have a beer or like whatever. Yeah. Like, that's all you'd say. And you click the mit- click on him, like talk to him and have it start a new mission. And he wouldn't even talk about the mission. It would just like pop up on the screen and say, here's the like the description of the mission. It's like, well, that's stupid. Like I'm like, it's, there's no like real like, like grab for that. So like, yeah, like this time around, obviously the comparing those two deaths, like, yeah, I cared more about Roland's cause like Roland actually was kind of like, like also I played as Roland in the first one. So it was like kind of like a touching moment in that sense. So I was like, Oh my guy died from the first game, but like, yeah. So yeah, no, I agree. Um, hundred percent from what your, your opinion is on that. And like, honestly, like, yeah, for me, it, um, it absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on the same page where like Roland dying was, was, I thought pretty heavy. I thought it was like a really good story arc actually, because Roland was like the absolutely well-loved um, character, right? Like he was like the good guy. He was the leader of the resistance. He was like the person that like, you know, you, they, they kind of put in the game as being like one of the, the main heroes of the game, right? Like he was a hero and he gets killed halfway through by handsome Jack shooting him in the back. Right. Which was, um, Mm. that, that whole situation, um, I think was really well written in terms of, you know, um, angel in terms of, you know, um, them, like her basically helping, the vault hunters kill her. And then, you know, when she dies, handsome Jack pops up, kills Roland and then steals Lilith to help now power the, uh, the relic. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, again, it was a pretty wild story. And like, I, um, I I definitely liked where it went. Um, so I know you and I chatted about this a little bit kind of throughout the week and everything, but what's his name? Um, handsome Jack's the best villain I've ever seen in a game. Um, I think that like his, here's why, let me, let me go on. And I know you have slightly different thoughts on this. So let me explain kind of where I'm coming from and then let's, I'll hear what you want to say. Cool. For sure. So I, I think that handsome Jack, one of the things I really like about him is they make him just this charismatic, like guy who, you know, um, like it's, it's so weird because the other thing is he doesn't see himself as a villain. He has like these, one of the speeches that he gives that I, I wish that I could, I could pull up, but one of the speeches that he gives um, is like, he's talking about how he's the hero and how, you know, like, yeah, he goes, you're bandits. You're the bad guys. I'm a goddamn hero. No, no, I can't. I like this. <sighs> what a shiny when I'm so close. Ever. And not at the hands. Filthy bandit. See, I could have saved this planet. See, I, I could have actually restored order. And I wasn't supposed to die by the hands of a child-killing psychopath! You're a savage. You're a maniac. You are a bandit. And I am the goddamn hero! The warrior was practically a god. How? How in the hell have you killed my warrior? You idiots. 
The warrior could have brought peace to this planet. No more dangerous creatures, no more bandits. Pandora, it could have been paradise. Anyways, hearing that clip, you, you just see how, like, just the fact that he's been doing all the shit that he's been doing, and, like, he sort of, like, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I don't think so, but he kind of has a point, right? Like, it, he's literally working against vault hunter criminal bandits, and I'm not saying Handsome Jack's in the right here at all, obviously, but he works for, uh, he's the CEO of the Hyperion Corporation. He's doing shady shit on Pandora, mm -hmm. and these bandits, like they said, like he literally says, I'm not supposed to die by the hands of a child-killing psychopath. Right? Like, because they killed his kid, because Angel was his daughter. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? So, so just saying that, like you actually kind of take a step back, and you're like, like he's kind of right a little bit, right? Like, I mean, in in his own fucked up way. But being able, I think, how they portray, um, like what's going on mentally with him, is insane. Yeah. Like he, yeah, it, it, yeah. it's just it's it's wild. Like he he views himself as a hero. He views himself as doing what's right. And like, I mean, when when you just say the facts out there, yeah, like they they killed it, like. They killed his daughter. They like killed a kid. Like it's 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 super fucked up, but also at the same time, like it's a it's a real thing. If, is that is that is that speech the ending of the game? Like yeah, that's when you kill him. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Cool. That's all I need. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like that's the thing. Like I I agree. Like one hundred percent. He. But that's the thing. Like most villains, actually, for the most part, some villains are actually kind of like make sense. Like the way they like. They go about things. That's why I I agree he's a pretty cool like villain, but like he also doesn't he doesn't really do it for me like fully. Like it's like, yeah, like he was funny, he was charismatic, like you said, like he had like a lot of really good lines, and whoever the voice actor was, he killed it for the most part. Like I just he reminded me so much of Page and Ming from Fallout 4, because Fallout mm -hmm. 4, Page and Ming, same thing. He was very charismatic. He always said like he was like actually running the running the, the the country like the hero and you were coming around as the as his son or like a, you know you weren't really known as the, his son yet because you find out at the end of the game that you were paging Ming's son but like for the whole game you're playing he's like you're you're ruining this like like i'm supposed to be like like i'm the one like carrying this like country like every basically the same thing you just said like you like, and you're coming up and fucking up my country and like that's what you, you basically are as borderlands too like you're fucking up what jack's plans were yeah and that's the thing too. Also, it goes into the same kind of area. Obviously, this game was older than Fallout Four. So Fallout Four could have like copied it in a sense, but Page Ming, like his character, was the same thing. Where like, he was also like, you don't see him half the time. <laughs> like it's just over a radio, like Handsome Jack. So it's like there's no real like grab grab for it. like yeah he he appears here and there, and it's like same thing with Page Ming. He appeared here and there. So it was like that's why like it wasn't like a super invested where I'm like, I want to kill this guy. There's never a point where I was playing borderlands two or fallout four. Where like, I really want to kill this guy at the end of the game. Like it didn't, he wasn't really like a, a benefit. Like he didn't really f affect me too much. Like in that sense, like he, it's like, it's like in the, and at least in fallout four, you had the option to either kill or don't kill. Like this one is just like, you, you kill him regardless. Like he's ending cutscenes, you know? So, and, and like, yeah. And, and I just, I also think that like, obviously since borderlands as it is, like, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's whatever, but it also comes across there's silly parts of the game, right? And like, that's what I think yeah. Handsome Jack does really well is he says things like he's just, I think he's talking to you eating a mouthful of popcorn. And he's like, I have a great story for you. 
and he's talking about how he just killed this guy's entire family and the guy rushes him with a spoon and he's actually like laughing like like just how this voice actor portrays him and how like he's just laughing he thinks this is a funny story like it's something really funny to talk about and he's talking yeah. about how he like scoops the the fucking guy's eyeballs out with the spoon in front of his kids who are still alive and he's laughing and i'm just like what the f-? and he's just he's and he's like munching popcorn while he's telling this story yeah like and it's just like and he's just he's having a good time like i mean he is so fucked up. He is the definition of a sociopath, right? Like he is. And even the things he says where he's just like, I love the electricity in the air when I kill somebody, when I like, he goes, I haven't felt that in so long. Like it's just stuff like, like you, he, he says these things so casually, so funny. And like, but then he'll say things like that. And you're like, okay, like this guy is, but I think his character, he is across any game I've ever played ever, 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 ever. He's the best, and this is this is a bold statement I'm going to make. Handsome Jack is the best video game villain ever created, period. Big one. I know. I know. But Yeah, no, it's something. I, I, I disagree, but I could, like, again, I, I, get, I get where you're coming from. No, for sure. And, and I mean, he... He has a lot, yeah. Like, obviously, I know, like, it's, it's, I think it depends on, like, you know, obviously, it depends on the type of player you are, it depends on the type of dialogue, the type of games you like. Like, yeah, you and I have super, have, have similar tastes in games, but also at the same time, like, we do differentiate at certain points, right? Like, you look at our ratings and you see these differences. So, I mean, I just think he just checks a lot of my boxes. Like, he's funny, he's super fucking dark, he's super fucking like, but just, I, I don't know. Like, for me, he just, he just kills it. Um, one thing that I really liked about just not even him, but just sort of the whole kind of thing behind him is um, when you finally get to the end and you kill him, um, he comes in and like, again, he's at the vault, obviously doing his shit. And he basically just says like, you know, you, you finally catch him in the act. He opens the vault with the charged Iridian key and you fight him, right? You have the final, the final one-on-one fight with him. Mm-hmm. he dies in two seconds and for yeah. me for me that just makes sense like because he's not a fighter he's not a super villain he's not like you think about games like you think about any fuck like game and like it's the same thing like you think about like oh you go he, he probably has the same health as a raider does in borderlands right like you know how you can kill a raider with like a shotgun shot and yeah. the Raiders fucking dead. Like that's pretty much the only difference is handsome Jack has a shield, right? Uh, so you just break a shield down. He has like no health, one gunshot. He's fucking dead. And it's just, I like how that makes sense. Like in terms of like, you know, you, I think you're expecting this math, like this guy that's been this, this Hyperion CEO, this guy that's been around this guy that like has been the villain the entire time. He killed Roland. He captured Lilith. He's blah, 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 blah. He's just this awful dude. And you're like, okay, this is going to be a huge fight. He's the boss of the game. And then he dies in fucking two shots. And you're just like, I, like it makes sense because he's not like a super villain. He's just a regular, he's just a businessman. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't kill, like he doesn't really kill people. Like he killed Roland because he snuck in and shot him in the back. He doesn't go yeah. in the war. He doesn't go fight people. He doesn't, do anything serious he's literally the ceo of a fucking company yeah and i like that i just think that that's that's kind of a nice touch it's not like 
you have to fight him for 15 minutes and whittle his health down because he has the most health ever. It's like, no, he's just a fucking dude. Yeah, and he, like, he has a, like, he just, like, pleads for his life at the end. And you get to, yeah. like, okay. Like, so it's just, it's just, I don't know. That was nice to me. That was kind of real. And, like, obviously, it's, it's weird to use the term real when talking about Borderlands um, because nothing in that game is real. But just yeah. the fact that, just the fact that they do that is, um, it, it's just kind of a nice touch. But then obviously they release the massive vault monster that you have to fight, which takes forever, obviously. But I'm just saying, like, at least the Handsome Jack thing makes sense. Yeah, and it's cool that you do have the option and, like, be like, you don't have to kill him, but Lilith kills him. So it's like, you don't, you know, it's like, kind of like, up if you really, like, actually, like, kind of side with him and are like, I'm not going to do this, like, then she just does it, so... Mm-hmm. She's she's defending Roland, who I get like they from the, for what I understood from their conversations, they were like lovers or something at like one point. So I think I think for a I, while they were. Yeah, I think like I think yeah. for a while they were they were. Um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting is I sort of touched on this, but I'm going to kind of bring it back. Is um, I thought the whole fact that um, you know all of the vault hunters after they opened the vault, they all sort of separated, right? Like um. When Roland became the leader of the Crimson Raiders, Lilith went to become the Firehawk or whatever. Um, Brick, like I said, became the head of a raider camp, which was um, going to recruit Brick to help the cause was so cool, if you ask me. Like, you have to, like, fight through his raider camp, and then um, he's just loving it, and then you're like, oh, my God, Brick's a raider now. Um, And then Mordecai is just, like, some drunk fool because his bird got taken, and killing his bird, like... So you have to fight through that animal facility um, where they're like doing all those tests on all the animals and it's like super fuck. And then finally you find his Bloodwing, and you have to kill Bloodwing, and like basically, oh no, right, never mind. You hurt, this is why it's absolutely nuts. You hurt Bloodwing enough and Bloodwing kind of goes down. And um, since Mordecai's a sniper, he shoots a tranquilizer dart into Bloodwing so they can like hopefully fix Bloodwing. Mm-hmm. And bring her back to normal. And then Handsome Jack's just like, yeah, you're not going to take her alive. And it turns out the collar he had on her was fucking explosive. Presses the button, blows her fucking head up in front of you. And then the quote yeah. he says, and then the quote he says, where it's just like, you know, you don't, to kill a man, you don't have to kill him. You just have to kill something he loves. And I was like, <laughs> like, actually dark as shit like again i haven't played borderlands 2 probably like i didn't replay it for this podcast but i mean i played it a hundred times like it but it's this is making me want to jump right back in and just go into two honestly because like just the story was just like it was just nuts but just being able to like they just they really know how to how to push how they really got into the emotions in this game uh whereas there was none like you said yeah um yeah. I did like how a bunch of the like NPCs from the first game carried over. Like you said, Claptrap, and but we do see still Zed, and we see Marcus, and then we also see kind of the new guy. Uh, I guess Earl was in the first game, but you see kind of Junkyard Earl, and we now have the uh, Iridium currency, which was obviously for like, you know, more ammo, more ammo storage for certain guns and more inventory spots and stuff like that. Um I don't know how I felt about the Iridium currency being added. Like, I think that it was, I mean, I get it. Like it was to expand all your stuff, but it was also like 
just kind of like another currency. And I was like, I have s- the thing about Borderlands is I find near the end of it because you're always selling all of your shit. You have billions of dollars, literally billions of dollars. Like you just yeah, all you do is sell shit and like you just have all this money and like I don't I, I don't think I ever bought a gun from like any of those ammo boxes or from Marcus or anything. Like I think that all I did was I'd press refill ammo for like a hundred bucks and all of my ammo would be refilled. And that would pretty much be the only thing I would buy at those places. Like, I don't know about you. Like, did you go shopping at all? Like, not really. I'm guessing you did. Yeah. Cause you no, cause it was, no, cause you use most, uh, yeah. Ammo, obviously, like you said, like, but most of the time it was like, you just get guns, like you'd find them just kind of like one. Yeah, like, I mean, because, like, you can't even buy, like, the gold guns that drop. Like, like those yeah, ones you, are the ones. Yeah, and, like, to... yeah, and you also, like, you, you touched on, like, the special credit shit where it's, like, you need that to, like, buy certain, like, upgrades or whatever. And you're, like, okay, cool. And I think, and, I mean, I'll get into this, obviously, when we kind of keep crawling through. But, my God, man, the next, um, to be honest with you, just the next, like, freaking conversation with um like borderlands 3 and just how they absolutely i think overwhelmed the whole currency of it like we'll get into that later but like i think they went a little too confusing in in borderlands 3 but like i said we'll we'll kind of talk about that when we when we get there um the other thing so one thing i want to also spend some time on and i know you didn't have the time to do this but i really want to talk about it um the dlcs for this game absolutely freaking incredible man like absolutely incredible so they released four of them two of them were okay um two of them were were like lights out amazing actually i found this out and i didn't know that this was going to happen but they're releasing a new game in the borderlands series called tiny tina's wonderlands which is based off of one of the dlc which i'm super excited about okay so anyways before we get into that um the the dlc is the best one the best two in my opinion is uh, the first one's called Captain Scarlet and Her Pirate's Booty. So it's about this, like, just obviously smoking hot pirate um, and, like, basically just kind of dealing with with her. However, one of the most interesting characters in the game, he's this dude that, like, lives in this town where basically everybody died of thirst because they're, like, so it's weird because there's, there's, there's sand pirates. There's no water. It's all sand. Like, it's like a desert. Do they just drive around on like the trucks and stuff in the desert? No, they drive around in boats that fucking okay. cut through the sand. It's so weird. Um, and anyways, of course, like Captain Scarlet's like, we should work together. Let's open the chest. And then she sabotages you and then you kill her and stuff. It's great. But there's this guy and he is like, his name is Shade. And he is the weirdest dude. You will, like he lives in this town by himself because everybody else died of thirst in the town except for him. And he's gone absolutely nuts. So all of the corpses of the people, he like has them all like attached to like strings and wires and shit that he controls from his house. So like, you know, you'll walk up to a corpse and you can talk to it and there'll be like a radio next to it. And he'll see that you're talking to that corpse and he'll pretend they're still alive and that he'll like talk in there in his, um, in like a voice to pretend to be them okay and he's banging the dead bodies what (laughs) it's nuts like it's actually insane like one of the um one of the ones is it's not it like 
Um, one of the quests is you have to go find a, a ring because he wants to propose to some to a dead body, and in like the in the um, like context of the mission, like if you open up the mission screen and you read it, it's like yeah, quasi necrophiliac shade, like wants to propose to his girlfriend. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> So he's one of the weirdest fucking dudes. Like, it, it, that, again, that whole story arc is incredible. Um, Mr. Torg's car, like, uh, whatever carnival thing, like, um, Mr. Torg's campaign of carnage, super similar to what I said about kind of Mad Moxie's battle dome, is it's one of those things where it's like, there's a tournament and the champions have to fight each other in the tournament. And it's like, it's it's kind of like one of those wave ones again, which I said last one, I really, did, I feel like that's kind of a cheap way out. Um, the other one, which is amazing, is... Um, Sir Hammer, Sir Hammerlock. So you've met Hammerlock, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's bomb. Obviously, absolutely love him. He's like you know the the half robot gentleman hunter. He loves sipping scotches. Um, he actually. So one thing that's really interesting is he's gay. Okay. Um, you actually find like he'll just pick yeah my ex boyfriend jo- Jonah and like anyway. So in the third game, one of the DLC is you actually have to go to his wedding. Uh, and it's that DLC is incredible. And we'll talk about that in the third game, but that DLC is so fucking good. Um, Sir Hamlock's big game hunt is it's okay. It's, I don't think it's anything special, but the last one, which it actually ties in, it's called tiny Tina's assault on dragon keep. So how it works is this is set after the events of the game, after Roland dies and everything like that. And um, tiny Tina wants to do who you met, right? She's absolutely that insane little girl. Who's like a, actual socio like psychopath like she just kills people for kicks all the time and like tortures them it's nuts um yeah so she wants to host a dungeons and dragons game and she wants to be the dungeon master um and basically you're playing in this game that's her fantasy and it's it's insane like imagine borderlands set in like a freaking like you know, like time of knights and dragons and stuff like that. And it's great because she'll be talking and she'll be like, oh yeah, you guys need to do this. And then she's like, wait, no, no, actually this. And then like, it'll like a puff, of, a puff of smoke will come up and next thing you know, somebody else will be there or like the guard will change into like a bunny or something and then it'll change into like a fire breathing dragon and then it'll change again while she's trying to figure out what it is. <laughs> okay. It's super sweet. It's like, it's definitely the best one. But then you find out that... um she's doing this because she's been so traumatized by Roland's death, which is like really real. It's, it's, it's actually super sad. Like, so it's, it, the whole campaign, the, her whole kind of like D and D campaign is like basically her struggling with the death of Roland and her kind of being like, Oh, he's the white knight. Like he'll always return. He'll always be back. Like blah, 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 blah. And then it ends with like, you know, you beating the bad guy or whatever. And she's just like, it cuts to them all sitting on the table and she's just crying because she's finally accepted that Roland's dead because like you kind of forget that even though she's like this psychopath torturer, little girl, like she's still like a little girl. She's like 12 yeah, years old. Yeah. Um, so it was again, just, just the, that like, that is an And just the fact that they're now producing a standalone game for borderlands called tiny Tina's wonderland it's going to be, it's going to be insane. 
Like I'm so excited. It's going to be, it's literally going to be like, yeah, basically just like a high fantasy adventure after the events of tiny Tina's assault on dragon keep. So I think that he's, she's pretty much just going to be like, okay, surprise. Like we're back doing D and D together guys. Come on in. It was, it was so much fun. It's going to be released in 2022 as well. That's interesting. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so excited um yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be incredible uh it's gonna, be, it's gonna be so that's, good it's funny who they have casted for some of the characters voice actors what, what do you mean they have some voice actors announced for that game already oh yeah oh my god i'm just looking at this now too so they have andy samberg mm-hmm. wanda sykes and will arnett that's gonna be amazing yeah i agree Holy shit! I um, I'm just riffing here, but I think that we're gonna need to be doing a a review on this game. Need to. Mm-hmm. This that actually sounds pretty stuff. fun. Yeah, that no, sounds great. So, like, what you need to do is honestly, like, you need to go in and at least just play that Tiny Tina's Wonderland because, or like, sorry, Tiny Tina's um, Assault on Dragon Keep. Like, it's it's short, but it is so good. And it's like super, again, you're just, you're just kind of viewing the subject of loss through this little psychopath girl's mind. And it's like, it's pretty wild because like, you know, she'll be like, oh, you're fighting the dragon, but the dragon's invincible. He's going to kill you all. And they're like, you can't do that. And she's like, well, the white knight needs to come. And they're like, he's not coming. Like he's dead. Like you need to like, accept. it's, it's nuts. Like do yourself a favor and just, just, just play it. Like it's, it's short. It's, it's fun. It's, it's so good. Yeah, no, I will. That um, that sounds really good, actually. Um, I'm I'm actually really interested in playing some of the DLC. I think I'm gonna get give it another shot. Like, I think I'll go into like the actual DLCs and give it a go. Why not see what like, what I can find? And like I'm honestly saying, like, don't even like to be honest. Torx, like, I love. I I think Mr. Torx is so funny. Um, he's so fuck. He's so fucking funny. But at the same time, like, he's not. Uh, like I, I would, I, I honestly think you can skip Torg's campaign and Sir Hammerlock's big game hunt. Like I think you can skip those two. Captain Scarlet's a lot of fun, but like Tiny Tina, Salt on Dragon Keep, like that's a that's a must. Like it's a must. And it's it's just yeah, it's just it's just so sad. And like I said, the best part is you're playing this game, and next thing you know, she can be like, actually no, I don't like that. I want it to be this, and then like it'll be a puff of smoke, and then something else will be happening. Like it's it's really really funny um so i bet i bet the full game around that would be actually pretty insane yeah exactly that's what i'm saying like it's and again like the dlcs aren't super long um so one thing i want to jump into talking just about dlc so far is the fact that we're talking um borderlands 2 each borderlands game historically other than the pre-sequel um comes with four dlc packs right so like i talked about it in the first episode um that was our last episode if you guys yeah check it out if you want to hear more about the dlcs in that one um but in this one there's four as well and the dlcs in some ways are better than the actual game itself i'll say it like i'm I'm just thinking here like two of these dlcs i think i would i would rather play even over the real borderlands 2 game like that's how good it is Mm. like it's 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 yeah it's wild. Um, you know, they, they introduce, like I, like you said, all of these really, really cool characters in this. And, um, the characters all show up in tiny Tina in, in the dragon keep one, but it's like, Oh, 
like Mr. Torg is a wizard or something like that. Like they kind of like, I actually think Claptrap's a wizard, but they sort of like all just mix it up and like these characters come back, but like in D and D characters. So it's really cool. Yeah. So you played as zero. Um, did you find, so I guess, I guess another kind of another weird question, not weird question, but, um, did you notice any combat differences between Borderlands one and Borderlands two in terms of just, just playing the game? Oh, um, not necessarily like the combat I felt like was pretty much the same. Um, yeah, no, not, not, nothing crazy with the com the combat to say the least. Like I thought that was pretty similar. Uh, it was good though. Like I never had a problem with the combat. The combat was always fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I hope it would be okay. It's a shooter and loot. So like shooting loot. So like, that's literally what the game's based around. Why did you, I, I, again, I, from playing the two games, I didn't really notice anything different. So to be honest, like I said, like I, I never really like, I, I don't really think I played them back to back to back, to be honest with you. Like, um, when I replayed the games back in, back last year i didn't play number one i played two i played pre-sequel and then i played three when it came out um so that's why i was asking is i i I honestly don't remember the combat differences if there was any between one and two but i was curious if you thought that they made any improvements or anything like that between them it was the biggest thing was like the whole like actually not picking up loot where you could just like walk over and like your guy would just pick it up um which was very convenient considering like you would be like in the midst of like a huge battle with a bunch of like raiders or whatever and like or even psychos and all of a sudden you kill a psycho and like he drops a bunch of decent like ammo or like or like money and it's like immediately your guy just picks it up like like it just like if you're next to it like it'll just like you know go into you so that was that was a big improvement because it was tedious like looking down and clicking x constantly to pick up stuff so that was probably the biggest difference. And then noticing like the changing and like, like I think we taught you touched on a little bit already, but like uh, the player upgrades where like you'd get tokens and like be like, Oh, token to like get better, like accuracy or better fire rate or better, like, um, like more, like, you know, more ammo for that, like gun, like, like that was kind of cool. The tokens in that sense, or a health bar would go up a bit. So like I, it, it was a, it made it easier, I think. Like, I think it helped, like, people that are playing, like, here, like, we'll give you a little incentive for just, like, you know, like, leveling up, I guess. So, like, in that sense, yeah, it was it was good. But, like, again, like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, a super big, like, change from one, I thought. I thought it was pretty much the same. No, and I, and I mean, I think that that makes, obviously, total sense. Um, another thing that I need to point out, um, this is, again, from you know, one of the, one of the DLCs that I just, I, I can't stop laughing at um, is they have a Bioshock reference. So um, in, in case people aren't aware, um, Borderlands and Bioshock were both made by 2K games. So actually it's a rare spawn um, and you can actually find this big, like it, it's a big daddy you can find in the wild, just strolling around in Borderlands. And really? there's, yeah, yeah. And there's, there's a, um, um, like a, I, like, you know how they're called, I mean, they, they, they they were called, uh, what were they called? Midgets before? That's what they called them in the game? Yeah. I mean, like, I, which they changed in Borderlands 3 because that's not appropriate anymore, but that's what they did call them in the game, right? Was, was midgets. Yeah, yeah. Um, in one and two. Yeah. In one and two. So anyways, and they have one of them, um, as the little sister. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah, it's it's, it's in the, honestly, the second game. Yeah. 
in the second game. Yeah. Um, it's actually, I believe it's actually in the, um, uh, captain Scarlet and her pirates booty. So if you oh, even wait. Google it, if you just Google like Bioshock, uh, if you even Google, yeah, Bioshock Borderlands two, you can actually see it. Um, you can see the two of them. They, there's pictures of like this, this big daddy who was supposed to be like, there's a, um, enemy type called the anchor man, which kind of looks like a scuba guy, like a big daddy, but they actually change it. So it's an exact big daddy. And then they get one of the like little midget psychos and they add the, um, a wig to him and they call him a little sister. <laughs> That's funny. So just kind of being able to throw that in there, I think was, um, was really, really funny. Uh, and just sort of the small, they, that's the big thing about Borderlands. Like if you just Google, like, honestly, if you just Google Borderlands references, the amount of references that they put into that game, it's like, it's honestly insane. Like there is, well, they, they call him Mr. Bubbles too. That's yeah, funny. I know. Isn't that, isn't that just, yeah, it's just, it's just hilarious. And like, if you just look at like the pop cult, like they even had one um, about dark souls. They even had like, they even have like, I'm just literally searching here. They even literally have like, it, it, it's insane how much, stuff that they talk about or how many things like there's Lord of the Rings references all the time. Um, like there's like Marvel comic stuff. There's like, you know, uh, no country for old men, paradise lost Pinocchio. And this is all just in the borderlands games that they're just kind of, they keep and they love doing. Um, they did a ton of game of Thrones references. There's actually one, there's actually one, um, I forget which game it's in, but you actually, have to did you ever watch any um game of thrones uh yeah i've seen like pit parts of it so you know how there's that annoying little king joffrey or whatever yep um there's there's this one where it's there's this mission where and it's somebody called king jeffrey and you have to go kill this or punch all you have to do is punch him in the face this little kid king which is just so funny. Um, yeah, it, it makes it makes me laugh so hard. Like the game is just to me, the game is just freaking incredible. And the amount of like you could literally, if you just Google Borderlands two references, you could spend you could spend hours, hours going through all of the different stuff. They even have Breaking Bad references. That's awesome. That that is very neat that they did that stuff. I wasn't aware of that the adding a big daddy was pretty funny. Um, and then one of my favorite shows, Community, which I know you've you've heard of. Um, there is this there is this reference that they do that um, one of the guys in there does, and he, he's trying to make this um, term called "streets ahead" like popular. So Borderlands, actually, if you're walking around Sanctuary, you can actually sometimes hear NPCs being like, "Well, that's streets ahead." <laughs> oh, there's a there's a really good reference in this game too that I noticed. Um, if you talk to random people in Sanctuary, one time, a few times I've been, I'll talk like, I used to be a Vault Hunter like you and I took a bullet to the knee instead of like an arrow to the knee. Like yeah, a, like Skyrim, Skyrim, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, Skyrim. That's, I actually laughed out loud. I was like, that's kind of, that's kind of a nice little play on the game. So yeah, just, I, I didn't there, notice there's that. There's stuff for everybody. Yeah, there's like, there's stuff for everybody. Like it's, I mean, there's even, I mean, one of Colin and I's favorite shows is um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, one of the DLC characters, um, costumes, like, cause you know, you can change their skin. It's called, yeah. it's called, it's always sunny in Pandora. Really? That's yeah. 
So, I mean, like, I, I just love the fact that they do that and they sort of like, and the thing is there's stuff for everybody. Like people that think, oh, like community is funny, but then there's people that are like, oh, I like Transformers and there's like Transformers references. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm still yeah. scrolling through all of the stuff that's in it and it's insane. Like Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just Call of Duty, Dark Souls. Like they just, it's really nice because you just keep seeing all of these different you know, there's even Fallout stuff. That's sweet. There's a Vault Dweller skin. It's literally called Vault Dweller, which makes me laugh so hard. Um, which awesome. like, and yeah, they just, and it's, here's the thing is like, they know not everybody's going to notice everything. Yeah. But if you do, then like, that's freaking like, if you notice something, it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool that they did that. And like, they don't, I find they don't, force it down your face either right like they don't they're not just like get out of here mm-hmm. uh, and then there's even like yeah man i just I, I could go on for hours just literally talking about the different stuff so for anybody that's listening to this that's curious about how many references borderlands makes literally just google borderlands references and there is a web page with i'm not kidding you hundreds of examples of the pop culture references that they continue to make uh, it's it's awesome. Um, I, I also think just just sort of seeing at least some of the um, I don't know if you if you saw this, but seeing some of the comments on our Instagram, um, there's some people that think that they actually lean on that a little too much. And playing the game, you know, years later, because I think we had said Borderlands Two came out in 2012. Colin, does that sound right? Yeah, it was 2012. Yeah, so 2011, Borderlands 2012. Borderlands Two came out in whatever 2012, 2011, and um, you know, like. We're almost, can you believe we're almost 10 years from that? I know, way, right? Crazy. I just, I, I just thought about that. That's fucking crazy to me. Um, but yeah, so it came out September 18th, 2012. So actually we're at almost at the nine year mark. But I mean, obviously some of the pop culture references they made from nine years ago aren't going to carry over today. So like, yeah. for example, somebody like, somebody like you, but I mean, like you're, I'm not going to say you're old buddy, but like at the same time, like somebody that, you know, 2012 you remember what you were doing you were like you know do like so you would still hit those pop culture references and you would kind of be like oh i i kind of remember somebody saying something like that right like because you were still with it but people that are even like let's say 18 years old right now playing borderlands for the first time because like you know it's still hailed as an iconic game um people that are 18 that were you know you think about it in 2012 they were freaking like nine years old they wouldn't understand any of that shit None of it. No. So you kind of, I think that if you're, I think that if you're playing Borderlands 2 and potentially, you know, you're, you're a younger person, a lot of those references could kind of just skip right by you. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's, it's still, I think it's still worth it. Um, Colin and I kind of talked about this Borderlands. Um, one of my Borderlands 2, one of my favorite games ever. Um, I have two Borderlands tattoos actually. Um, so I have a image of Claptrap. Uh, tattooed on my arm and then i also have the vault symbol as well which colin can verify i can verify (laughs) and i and i i i honestly forgot that you had those ones and you're like yeah i love borderlands i'm like fuck like sorry i'm gonna hate them i'm gonna hate this game um okay you don't hate it though you had a bad experience number one but like i mean i think number two sort of won you back over a little bit it did yeah it did 
Oh man, I just saw the Yu-Gi-Oh uh, reference while looking at this stuff. I I I know I didn't, even, I didn't even, it went right over my head because I I play as Zero and Zero says the line. What does he, he says, say? You set off my. He's like, how hilarious! You set off my trap card. Your death approaches. Basically, <laughs> in Yu-Gi-Oh, like if you played Yu-Gi-Oh, like a trap card is basically one of the cards you can play. So if you flip it on a person, like you put them in a trap. So like, yeah, that's I'm like, and I played it, and I also remember watching the Yu-Gi-Oh show, and I was like, when I was like eight, so I'm like, oh fuck, like. Never mind. Like I played Asma, I used his, I used his deception all the time, and he'd say that all the time, and I didn't even think about it. That's so funny. So see what I mean? That's that's where I think the nine years later, it's sort of not hitting as well because yeah, it's not also, as, it's not as current. Yeah, I still think a lot of the pop culture references will get picked up by younger pe- people. I still there's a lot of them that they probably wouldn't. But like, there's a lot of stuff that's still kind of relevant. Like, there's Mario Kart like references. Like, oh, there's for like, sure, Zelda. absolutely. Like, there's there, it's kind there of funny. Ton- I go yeah, hard, like the- man. Minecraft references in the third game. So the third game. Well, that's the thing that I'm gonna say, right? The third game. It you know it it came out fairly recently. So I think that we're seeing you know a lot of like like there, there's gonna be a lot more current stuff in the third game because it's 2019. So yeah, they, I think, hit a lot more, kind of a lot more nails on the head in terms of like relativity or relevancy. Sorry, my apologies. Relevancy to people these days because it's 2019. So we're not we're not looking at that 2012 stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. But I just again, I think that I think that what they did with this game was again just like I love Borderlands too, man. I could sit here and I could replay that game right now, and I've replayed it like at least probably five times. Um, I did it. So one last sort of one last sort of comment before we dive into the ratings. Cause I know we are hitting the hour mark. Um, I find that um, I didn't love the classes in this game as much as I liked them in the first game. That's why another reason I was sort of asking about the combat is I found that um, at least like I, I played as the siren. I play as Maya in this game, but like her, like you know like action ability was sort of underwhelming um whereas like lilith in the first game hers was wild right like she was so powerful but in this game all maya does for example like her action ability she just lifts a single enemy in the air and keeps them hovering in the air for a bit so they can't attack and they can take extra damage Mm -hmm. it's like it's i guess that's i mean i guess it's okay it's pretty op though could help when you're when you're fighting a boss like that's when like that would come in really handy. And it's also handier for co-op, which I've told you, at least for Borderlands, like I I played some co-op, but I definitely didn't do co-op all the time with Borderlands. Like I definitely didn't like jump in, like let's do, let's do it, right? Yeah, no, it definitely is a co-op like base thing. Like, Like my friends, for example, they're really into Borderlands and I never really played it. And they played, they played the second game probably like 20 times through Luke. Like they're insane with it. And uh, so I've been playing with them when I jump in most of the time. So maybe that just doesn't help me with the story because I'm not really like Im- as emerged as I could be with it. Um, but yeah, when you play as like, you know, the siren, like, yeah, like that, that's huge when you pick up an enemy and like we all get to shoot at the enemy while it's sitting up in the bubble or whatever. So no, it does sure. help in that, in that fact factor. But yeah, for you, if you're playing the siren in a single game, like, yeah, it's very uh, ineffective. There's a, so, I mean, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was kind of, you should have brought one of your, you should have brought one of your buddies on here to have a guest star for this one. If they were that hooked on it, buddy. Oh, I, 
dude, I probably could have. He, they would, they would have been like listing off so many facts probably with you. So <laughs> they, they would have known a lot more than me. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, um, we can, well, let's, let's, let's jump right into the ratings. Like, I think we've talked pretty much everything. We've talked DLC, we've talked story, we've talked changes from number one, we've talked pop culture references, we've called out kind of some of our favorite ones. Um, I think this is a great place to sort of jump into the ratings and see what we thought of the game. Yeah, uh, you go first with the, with the characters. For sure. So starting off characters, again, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am a bit torn in this one as well because yeah, sure. Our characters talk a bit, but like they still don't really have a ton of personality, but the personality of all of the NPCs in this game is absolutely incredible. Um, so I'm going to give it a four just because I love the personality of the world around. I love, you know, like I said, you, you can talk about, you know, handsome Jack alone almost makes this game. You know what? I'm going 4.5. I'm going, I have to, I have to go 4.5 because I think handsome Jack alone basically supports 90% of this game with his character in mind. However, the 0.5 off for me is just because like I said, still the main characters don't have personality. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, handsome Jack obviously like plays a big role in the characters here. Uh, even I I enjoy the, yeah, yeah, Claptrap was funny. I, I liked them all. I think characters for me is probably a four. And uh, for some reason, Still can not? you type in four for me? Yeah. yeah. I got you. Uh, so, and then yeah, go, you're up next. Uh, and then background. Um, it's weird. I gave background five and one, but I really, it got pretty plain for me in the second one. Like, I feel like a lot of it was like snow for most of the game. And it was like, it, it was interesting how Pandora in the first game is like a desert the whole time. And in the second game, it's like mostly like snowy, but also there was kind of a desert at the same time, but it wasn't like a super la- layered, but also giving one a five. I feel like I have to kind of stick with a five. Um, but yeah, so I guess I'll give it a five, but like, I'm not like super excited about that five. Like, I feel like, I feel like I overhyped the one, but I gave one such a bad rating. I felt like I had the five for <laughs> background was like the only thing that like kept it afloat. Kept it floating. Um, Dude, I mean, yeah, you have to think about exactly. it though, because that what like, I also don't know if, I don't know if necessarily a five is unreasonable for, for number one, considering that was your first foray into the Borderlands universe, into the Pandora universe. So I think that even like, okay, maybe the background wasn't as good as number two, it's still like it was a really interesting experience getting into that for the first time, right? I agree. Like it, it deserves it. I think like the world was still very good, and eventually in this in this one too, like at least you could talk to a bunch of NPCs and walk, you see them walking around. Like at least they actually built a built a world a bit more compared to the one, at least. For sure, yeah. Um, I have to give so I gave Borderlands one a four in terms of background just because I played all the Borderlands games religiously. This one I have to give a five to, um, you know, you, you get all of these diverse backgrounds uh, going through the entire thing. Like you go into the caustic caverns, you go into all these weird places. And then the DLC, cause I'm considering DLC when I, when I do this rating, they just add to that, man. Like, you know, one of them is, like I said, it's a town in the desert and it's pirates in this, in the, whatever, in the desert. And then, you know, the tiny Tina one, incredible, even, you know, even what's his name, even the um, Sir Hammerlock one where you're in this like thick deep forest jungle with all these weird creatures going around. It's yeah. really, really cool. So I think that they they absolutely constantly are killing the background. Um, 
Music for me, interestingly enough, I did some research into the music on this game before we started this. Uh, it's actually an original soundtrack. However, I don't think it hits. Truthfully, I, I don't think for me it hits. Um, they do have, which seems to be kind of the Borderlands tradition, they have that banging opening scene, right? Um, which instead of being on the bus, they're on the train this time. And I love that opening yeah. scene on the train. It was so cool. Uh, and how it leads into like, oh, the train blows up. That's why they're in the Arctic because that's where they kill all the vault hunters because they trick them into coming to Pandora and then blow up the trains. Um, but again, that's like a, I forget what song they use this time, but again, it's another famous song. However, I'm actually going to give yeah. the music, a, I, I have to stick with two um, for the music on this one because it just, for me, it just doesn't, it doesn't add really at all to the game mm -hmm. i agree i didn't really um focus too much on the music it didn't really like play too much of a factor for me mm -hmm. so um yeah i'm gonna give it a two as well so one thing that i find um super interesting about that um just just about music in general i've noticed is like you get i can at least think back to certain games and think about like how it's actually crazy how the music actually hits like I can show, I can just think back to Night in the Woods and like I still have the music for Night in the Woods in my mind. Like I texted you a couple days ago, Colin. I was like, doesn't this song sound like a Night in the Woods song? Kind of like at the like it's just music can add so much to a game. And before we started doing this podcast, I never really noticed that. Yeah, no, I I thought music always kind of played a factor, but you definitely notice it a lot more um now that we're rating it. Also, like I feel like it really shows it really i think for the most part really breaks it away from the men and the boys in a sense and like gaming wise like you have the really the games that don't have the best music obviously don't really like show up a lot in certain areas like this might be a obvious this probably looks like it'll be um an outlier for that because i think it will be a good game for me it, yeah it will be a good game but like for most part if you see bad music it's just, like most of the time the game doesn't really like jump off the map like that like 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 looking back at mass effect one like the music drove me nuts and it like i think it kind of <laughs> it, it affected the rating of the game 100 yeah. so like nope, it really sure. shows sure. how much of a benefactor that is but um replayability so, for this one i yeah i don't know man i can't play these games i don't i'm not a big shooter loot guy i'd probably, probably stick with the 1.5 yeah no that's that's totally cool so uh, mine's going to be a little different here. I actually gave Borderlands 1 about a 2 for this. However, I'm going to give this, this is going to be a big boy. I'm going to give this a 4. Um, I I really like replaying this game because, like I said, with you get you get the different action skills with the different characters, and that that's that's interesting in its own. But, you know, I, I talked to Colin about this, and just sort of the, uh, we talked about this in the podcast, obviously, but, like, all of the different references and different stuff that you can easily miss like that, that, for example, that little sister, big daddy spawn, like that's a rare spawn. That doesn't necessarily happen. You know, just like there's yeah, a scene that yeah. you can unlock with Handsome Jack where, again, this is a viral video from back in the day. But do you remember the double rainbow viral video, Colin? Like a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you find this little secret area in Borderlands 2, it actually triggers Handsome Jack to see a double rainbow and he mimics the entire video. And it's, it's funny. Right, uh, like, that would be funny. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's just really good, and like I think that's a huge factor for jumping into replayability for me is is literally just the fact that like 
you know, there's so much that you can miss. There's side quests that you can miss all the time. Like there's so many side quests in this game. It's so open world with all these different weird things going along that it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, you, I feel like you're always kind of going to miss something and there, there's so much to explore in Borderlands. So yeah. I'm going to give it a four because I definitely think it's a really fun game to replay. Um, going into story, the story's perfect. Like this, <laughs> the story's the story is fucking perfect. Like I, this is one of the most perfect stories I've, 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 I've had. Um, I think that they, I gave Borderlands one a five in the story aspect. And I think that this just ramps that up even more because I think five was a great intro to Borderlands. And this, this keeps you going like hands, like just every time handsome Jack got on the radio to you, I was fucking glued to that radio. Cause I knew he was going to say something just either hilarious or fucked up or a combination of the two. Um, again, just killing off some of the main characters from the first game who you wouldn't have expected. Like Roland's death, absolutely shocking. Um, hands like just anyways, I could go on and on and on uh, five for me without a fucking doubt. Five. What do you got? My friend. <laughs> so yeah, I, me I, yeah i didn't think it was a five at all um it was decent it was a lot it was a step up from the first one for me i think the first one i gave it a two um <laughs> i i think it was okay like it was a, like i said like like again it didn't really like hit me like i think the way it hit you because it just reminded me too much of fallout 4's like style of like bad guy didn't really glue me to the screen like it was funny when he talks but like it wasn't like oh like i need this like it was more like whatever and the story was like kind of like the story was like pretty typical i thought like it was like it was good um but it wasn't like anything special for me so uh i'm gonna give it a 3.5 oh good okay if you had just said three i would have been like fuck you (laughs) <laughs> but no, okay. <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll take a three point five for you. I'll t- I'll take that. Like I'll I'll take it. So it's a, it's a big up. It's a big jump from the first one for me, from a five point hey, two to a six point four. Absolutely. Like so. Yeah. So so final ratings. Um. You know, we have me at a solid eight point two, which I think is super super reasonable. Um. Definitely. You know, I, I'm looking just comparing with old games and stuff. Like it's. Mass Effect 2 is better, and I still agree with that, but this was better than Mass Effect 3. Like, you know, um, just looking at our old ratings, like, I think this lines up. Um, 8.2, fantastic game. Um, the Handsome Collection, you got it for, what, $15, Colin? Yeah. Tell me that's not worth it. Like, it, it, tell me it's, it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. 100% it's hour, worth like, it. It's hours of gameplay, too. Like, this isn't a short game by any means. So, yeah, no, 8.2 for me. Colin, you kind of mentioned it, but why don't you tell everybody your score? 6.4. So, yeah. Um, it hurts Luke, definitely, because it's one of his favorite games. But, um, yeah, it. I don't know. I'm not a big shooting Ludum guy. I, just, I, say, I, I think I already kind of told you guys that. Mm-hmm. I think everyone heard that. So, it kind of it affects the story for me. Like, again, it's just like a story was kind of there. And but the most part was just like go shoot these guys and then go to the next guy. But at least this one had a little bit of like go shoot this guy because he did this. And it's like okay, at least he did something to make me like justify me, like you know, no, killing this guy. You know, today. again, totally fair. Um, we are looking at a uh, average gameaholic podcast score of a seven point three, which isn't bad, man. Like that's not a terrible no middle ground. Better than Borderlands. Better than the first one. Borderlands one big five point nine. So I mean that that one point four increase um yeah pretty big um i'm curious to see i like 
this is just my assumption going in. I don't think for me, pre-sequel will, will hit this high of a score again, like, or, or Borderlands three. Like for me, Borderlands two was peak Borderlands. Okay. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, um, any final comments before we head out? No, I'm, I can't wait to play another Borderlands game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You Colin, Colin made the mistake of, uh, agreeing to do the whole series. So, uh, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of fun for him. Uh, stay tuned. You can catch us next week. We're going to be talking about Borderlands, the pre-sequel, which in itself is a very confusing title. So Borderlands, the pre-sequel takes place between Borderlands one and two. Uh, and it's sort of just a full length game that sort of doesn't have the Borderlands one, two, three vibes to it, but we'll get into that comes in the handsome collection for anybody that's looking for a cheap $15 thing with a ton of game in it. So definitely pick that up. As always, please follow us on our Instagram account at Gameaholic Podcast. We've been sending out some teasers. We've been sending out some clips of some of the parts that we think are pretty cool in our podcast. Uh, So give us a like, give us a follow, and make sure that you subscribe to Gameaholic Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. We are on Apple Music and Spotify. And we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.